Hello and welcome to a True Blue LA podcast about spring training. That's what we got. That's what we got on the slate, Eric. Here's the deal. Uh, I'm glad we're recording more often now because, A, it means that there's a baseball season and there's more to talk about. But also, recording every week, there's not always, like, uh, news. We have some news this week, but it's like, uh, so it's been more of a challenge coming up with actual podcast fodder but i think we have something interesting coming this week yeah no it'll be good it's well positioned with where you and i are we'll talk about what that is we will catch up on the news and then we've got the standard you know we've got the dodgers rewind we have questions from craig all of that after this hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think we should probably catch up on news before we dive into sort of spring spring training knowledge. So, yeah, like this this spring is, is weird in that um, it was already like fragmented a little bit because um, so... Originally, the AAA schedule was going to start in April, like right around a few days after the Major League schedule. So essentially, spring training was sort of limited to, or not not fully limited, but like essentially AAA and um, majors guys. There, there's prospects too. But like, um, and then actual minor league camp is going to start in April. And so in preparation for May for like the, the rest of everybody, uh, and, and there's so there's there's usually like minor league games going on around this time uh, concurrently, and so it, it's you get more of a a flow of roster moves. But now, like with, with no actual minor league camp, that people were like hesitant to like call people down. Plus, the Dodgers like they started camp with uh, uh, what was it? I think or they had like seventy three players in camp, and that's like. 10 more than they usually have, I think, in a normal year. Um, so, and Dave Roberts, for the, for about a week, we, you know, uh, I would always ask, I was the one who asked a lot on this, but like other people did too, like, hey, when are roster moves coming? Like, what what are the, how you, how does that even work? Because they are going to actually play games uh, on the other side, but it was like getting that sort of sorted out. But he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to cut a significant number of people, like trim the room, all this stuff. But then, like, just seeing it in, in play uh, was – it was a significant number. They cut 28 players on, on Monday. Like, that's that's a huge number. Um, I know I don't think there was anyone, like, uh, that you expected, but, like – so or didn't expect. The, um, the funny thing was, so um, I initially saw the – 
um, before the Dodgers announced the actual moves, I saw the the revised roster. So I I had like already sort of um, pre written a post and like had a lot of the names in there, and I just wanted to make sure I had it right. So I I was like, okay, there's 27 names, but here's how weird the spring is. Well, a I'm not there, but like um, one of the players they cut. Uh, was a non-roster player, uh, shortstop uh, Leonel Valera, uh, who was um, uh, signed out of Venezuela in 2015. I think he's 21 right now. But, like, I didn't even know he was in camp. Like so, uh, And he also had not appeared in the game. Uh, a few of the people who were cut had not appeared in any games. Um, so it was, it's been that kind of a spring. Um, the ones notable uh, that were optioned, Alex Vesia, uh, one of the left-handed relievers who's on the 40-man. He was option. I only note that because, Jacob, you had him on your opening day roster. I'm not giving and up we, hope. <laughs> you know, look, yeah, I mean, technically someone could get hurt and he could come back, but otherwise... Yeah. He, but <laughs> I will say also, we, we. I think I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but I think we, we both whiffed by not, um, not including Jimmy Nelson. He's looked great uh, so far, and he's he's a non-roster guy, but... Uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's he's probably going to be on the roster, even if he's not starting, even if he's one of the like uh, seven to eight uh, starting pitchers they carry to open the year. So like it's going to be a weird roster, I think. But anyway, uh, the other uh, I would say notable person that was cut was probably Caber Ruiz, but it's also he was late to camp. He had only uh, because of visa issues, he had only just. Um, played in like two games over the weekend uh, as a catcher in reserve so like he needs to play anyway so he'll play on the other side uh for now and like austin barnes and will smith have been catching at least starting the game so like uh that that's why that was it's not like a big deal um but mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so that but it was that's a lot of moves like in in one in one fell swoop i guess yeah we're definitely at that part of spring training where these were it just feels weird, right? Where when we would do sort of weekly on spring training, we'd, it would always be these more like eight, eight, eight players at a time mm-hmm. and figuring out, reading the tea leaves on why, who, or who, who, or whomever got sent first. So, but I, you know, yeah, it makes like, sense that they just kind of batched it at once. Yeah. Some of the like, um, like a lot of the, uh, like Bobby Miller, Landon Knack, they might have been like the draft picks from last year. They might have been sent to the other side earlier, had like a camp already been started. But yeah, who knows? Um, so the other thing that was weird, well, speaking of the weirdness, like so they had a, the Dodgers, every team has two off days this spring, uh, both Arizona and Florida, because there's no split squad days because of health and safety this year. So that means with 15 teams in Arizona and 15 teams in Arizona, that someone's off every day. Um, so every team has two scheduled off days. And the Dodgers had an off day. So to keep uh, uh, Trevor Bauer on schedule, I did not include this in the notes, but I just remembered one of the things I wanted to mention. Clayton Kershaw is going to start opening day. That's the one thing we know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, the order had been uh, in camp so far, like Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller. And then sort of to keep Bauer roughly on schedule like yesterday's game was Kershaw for four and then Bauer came in after for five so like that uh that was a little bit of a weird uh, quirk thing but it just it just sort of happens that way uh Bueller's going today the Dodgers have not said who's starting after Kershaw yet but Kershaw it'll be his ninth opening day last year was going to be his ninth opening day um but he was he had a, a uh back tightness uh and was placed on the DL in that first game and Dustin May started he also was on the DL to start 2019, but otherwise had started eight eight straight opening days from 2011 to 2018. That's the most in um, Dodgers history. But So the other like sort of news, I guess, of the last week or so, Cody Ballinger is, in fact, back. Um, he's been like slowly but surely getting there, um, playing in a few like simulated games. Um, and then he actually played uh, center field uh, also, uh, on Tuesday. And uh, batted three times. He was 0 for 3 with a strikeout. He played six innings in center field. The no- most notable thing was he had a new. Uh, he has a new batting stance a little bit. He's a little bit more open. Um, 
Joe Davis, he wasn't calling the game, but he noticed it on Twitter. He said uh, he described it. And I thought this was good. Is like um, he was so closed off last year that like if you're looking from like the center field camera, you could almost see his number thirty five on his back, mm-hmm. and like now like it's it's a little more open. And so I uh, so yesterday uh, they asked uh, Bellinger uh, like what prompted him to do or who did he like talk to or consult, I guess, go, to make the, the the stance change. And he said, myself, which is hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, that's uh, – it's getting more and more, like like I said, we're, we're recording this on the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. I am not wearing green, um, so I apologize. But um, uh, we're, like, you know, we're uh, two weeks and a day from opening day mm, right now. So That's weird. Yeah, and so like, it, it's this weird. It's the weird time of spring where it feels like spring training has gone on forever, and it also feels like um, opening day is still a long ways off. But actually, it's not. It's like two weeks off. So like, maybe maybe it's it's getting. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, time is an artificial construct anyway. But um, yeah, the, the other sort of notable thing yesterday. Uh, I have not read this. Uh, fully yet it's an expansive profile but Mookie Betts has there's an article uh, on Mookie Betts in GQ um, and man like some of the you know they always show like the um, the shirts uh, or like the clothes that people are wearing and in, in like the caption regular the GQ reader I assume right it, you are. It, it, sh- it shows I mean look look we all know I, I, I'm nothing but a gentleman, um, and I only read things once a quarter, so it's perfect. Um, but um, they always list like the the prices of the things yeah. they're wearing, and I just remember what I was just I randomly looked on one of the the pictures, and it was like shirt nine hundred and seventy five dollars. I'm like, my entire like wardrobe doesn't <laughs> is like that. Pretty much, I think, at this point. Um, but anyway, the the part that I did read, um, there was a thing. Uh, I, I didn't get deep into the article yet, but I noticed this, which was pretty great. Uh, there was a point, like in the playoffs last year, if you remember the setup of Globe Life Field, um, there's a lot of like open area, like sort of underneath the seats, but it's like a place, I guess, for like, high-priced seats slash but it's like very informal like there's tables and um things set up like along the side with like a open fencing you know so you, you're like up close but you, you're like right on the field you know there and that's where all the the players families were last year in when they were in the quote-unquote bubble um so like all the dodger wives and girlfriends and and, and uh, children were in this area on on the first base side, and then on the on the third base side was the road team, um, and um, at some point I don't I didn't get exactly when this was, but like I guess Mookie like during the games like uh, would be like talking to his his now fiance and his daughter uh from right field and just like carrying on like a conversation and it got to the point where like george lombard first base coach was like hey man focus up we gotta get this and he's like no this helps me and and so the the bets quote in the article was the more i can let my mind wander the more i i can bring it back and focus on each pitch each play each inning if you tell me to lock in the whole time then i'm gonna be awful i just can't do it and i i thought that was important because like you know you always hear like uh, you know, uh, I don't. People are human, right? That's like that sounds like a very <laughs> grounded thing to to say, uh, as opposed to like the just the rote sort of you know always focus, you know, you know, be at your best one hundred percent of the time. That's just not how things work. So it was sort of refreshing to hear him like say that. And it turns out he did pretty well in the postseason. I don't know if you remember. So I I say let him keep talking. That's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. Um, so uh, pitchers are batting again. Uh, it just started yesterday. Both Kershaw and Bauer batted once in the game. Um, actually, Walker Bueller's pitching today. 
They are using a DH today, though, but I think part of that is they are playing the White Sox, and the White Sox are the home team today at Camelback. So I think that's part of it. But for the most part, pitchers are going to be hitting now um, because that's what's going to happen during the regular season. Um, so uh, Kershaw actually got a single. Um, the other thing about Kershaw, uh, I forgot to note this. There, We're going to get into some weird spring stats shortly. But one of the weird things, we're going to do mostly offense, but one of the weird things I noted uh, through like two starts this year, Kershaw um, had not given up a spring run since like 2017. And it went back, it was like nine starts and I believe 30 innings in between when he gave up runs. He ended up giving up a home run a couple starts ago and then yesterday he gave up home runs to his first two hitters and then he gave up five runs overall. Was not very good, but it was just one of those weird things. I remember looking at this and I was like, "My goodness!" Like, part of it was he was, um, what was it, two thousand nineteen? He was hurt, and he actually did not pitch in a Cactus League game that year, so that was part of it. Two thousand eighteen, he was limited in Cactus League, and he was oh no, sorry, two thousand eighteen, he had like six starts and like gave up nothing, uh, no no runs. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, he had this like long streak of like not giving up a spring run. It was just a very weird quirk. Um, but yeah, so like those are like the the weird sort of things. The other like newsy type stuff. So like Bruce Gratterall and Joe Kelly still haven't faced live hitters yet. They've been like, they're like on a slow like throwing program. And it's every time we sort of ask about it, it's like, well... You know, they'll throw another bullpen, like, um, in a few days. And then if that works out well, they might face live hitters. And then if that works out well, then it becomes a ways before they can get into a game. So I, I think we're at the point now where, like, I don't, you, can, you can't really count on them for opening day. I know we didn't account for injuries in our opening day roster. Both of us had Gradrall and Kelly in uh, on the opening day roster. So I, I think that's very much in doubt right now. Um, but yeah, so the other thing is, uh, Brandon Morrow, I, I think we already, we already knew this. Uh, I don't remember if we brought it up on the podcast. He has also not pitched yet and he's not going to pitch in a spring game. His throwing program is even slower, uh, than Gradron Kelly. Uh, Morrow has not pitched since 2018 in a major league game. So like their, their main thing with him is just make sure he's like healthy long-term. So uh, who knows what his timetable is going to be, but he's not going to be, he's on a minor league contract anyway, but so he's not going to be, uh, even if he were to like make the team, it's not going to happen opening day. It'll be if, you know, maybe later in the year. So that, that's sort of where we're at, like injury wise, news wise. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the spring. How, you said you have not watched. I started uh, off, I watched late. the first five or six games, and then my mother-in-law came and stayed with us, and so I've kind of been using that time to catch up on chores, catch up on work, catch up on sleep, <laughs> uh, and and just generally spend time with family. So I have not watched the last, whatever that is, week and a half or two. So I actually will be, uh, these will be stone-cold guesses of the questions here. And I guess and- not stone, I have a little bit of data, but... You, you, and you have you have a newborn in the house, so like this is this you know you're you're occupied at this. Well, point. what's like funny you're... is if my if I was if uh, my mother in law hasn't come visited, I would actually probably have watched almost every game because I'm the parent on duty during the day, and so mm-hmm. putting on a baseball game is a really good thing to do when I'm I have to like parent and watch the child and read to her, but have something on in the background, whereas. Mm-hmm. When my mother-in-law is here, I'm using that I was sleeping, I was working, I was doing all sorts of stuff, and then hanging out with my daughter more in the evening. So, so um, uh, Corey Seager, I think, has been the star of spring so far, just like he was uh, last October, and for a good chunk of the season, too. Uh, Dave Roberts said he picked up right where he left off uh, last year. He had a stretch where he homered five times in six games. Um He's hit. He's twelve for twenty six. He's hitting four sixty two. Um, so there's there's a couple things here. I, I went back and looked at some of the like offensive standouts of the last uh, eight years of like the Dodgers winning the division and like what what happened during spring. So since two thousand thirteen, do you know 
who has the most home runs in a single spring training by a Dodger? Keep in <laughs> mind, Corey Seager right now has five. Uh, is it Puig? Um, no, Puig had five once in 2015. There are a few people with more. Justin Turner. Uh, no. Hmm. Uh, his his most is also five. All right, I'm going to my my well list. I'm gonna. I, I'll get and I'll give you one hit. Uh, no. Both players, both players are no longer Dodgers. Um, that that's not much of a hint, is it? <laughs> um, both players go. are both players are very recently no longer Dodgers. Jock Peterson. Yes. Kike Hernandez. So he hit, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's the easiest hint ever. Um, so uh, 2015 <laughs> Thanks, and 17, uh, Jock Peterson had six home runs. Also in 2015, Kike had six home runs. So, Interesting. Yeah. Now, the other thing, so Seeger is hitting um, 462. There are actually three other Dodgers this spring hitting 400. Uh-huh. Or more uh, in at least five at bats. I will tell you, one of them is exactly five at bats. He's two for five. Um, do you know the other the these any of the three? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, how about? I'm just. <laughs> this is so like. What names do I like? Do I just guess the yeah. obvious? But it feels like it's a spring twin. So I'm gonna guess more odd names. Um, how about McKinstry? That see, that's actually right. Yeah, um, he, he's he's eight eight for nineteen. He's hitting four twenty one. Uh, I, I'm I'm hot. Uh, uh, do I just tap out now? Yeah, I'm. Just, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit one in the head. So the other other uh, one that's notable, I would say, is Gavin Lux. Ah, on my list, on my little on my four, little list. Four seventeen. The other one is Cody Hosey. He's two, he's okay. the two for five. So the the thing with um, like uh, these the the what what brought this to my attention? I was trying to figure out like when I texted you last week at some point like we should go over like weird spring stuff. It was because of like games played at that point. Like um, uh, James Outman was like leading the Dodgers in games played. Right now he's actually one behind the team lead. Uh, he was one of the guys cut, but he also played uh, both games after getting cut. <laughs> so, like, that, this is the way it happens. Like, players join for the day uh, on the Major League side. Um, so, Seager has played in 12 of the 16 games. That's the same number as uh, James Outman. Um, do you have an idea who leads the Dodgers in games played uh, you re- right I now? think you texted me this in, when we were talking. Uh, so, I think it's DJ Peters. I don't think I did text you that, did I? You did. Oh, anyway, okay. Well, then I—that's terrible. Um, so yeah, he has—he's played in thirteen games. Uh, he's actually starting again today. Um, Andy Burns is another twelve-game player, and Sheldon Noisy has played in twelve. Um, so, the, but what brought this to my attention? Why I thought this would be fun? Um, like prior years, do you just want to like? I'll tell you this: three people. Uh-huh. Some spring, like the, so 2014, they went to Australia, so spring was cut short. So most springs, like, are, you're not going to get this many games. Like, this year, I believe the Dodgers are playing 29 games, spring games. So they, they, they actually cannot get to this number. Three people, three Dodgers since 2013 have played in 30 spring games. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. At least... I don't remember. I would say one of them. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to get you a, a good hint here. Oh no! See, when you um, give me good hints, then the expectation that I get it right goes up. Like okay, pressure is real. Uh, all right, and nope, that is not what I expected. Okay, okay. So two of these players had not yet made their major league debut. Okay, but would later that year. Okay. Uh, so the, the number of games is 30. All right. Let's go. I'll, I'm writing a few names down on who I'm going to guess. Yeah, I have the three I'm going to guess. Puig. Mm-hmm. No. And 
I'm looking. I don't. I think he was like in the in the twenty seven range or something yeah. like that. I did. I didn't write him on my list, but mostly because it was like it, it wasn't the leader, so I didn't put him on there. Cody Thomas. Oh man, no. Okay. I. Uh, you know what? I he may have led the team in games last year, but like no, not last year in two thousand nineteen. But like, uh, so one of the years, in fact. No, okay, he actually hit five home runs last year, Cody Thomas, but like the, it was cut short. So like right. he could have <laughs> he could have been up there like uh, in a in a weird thing. But yeah, no, not not on there. All right, I have, I'm gonna add I'm adding a name. So I have two more guesses. Uh, Justin yep. Turner. No. Wait, no, no, no. You gave me the major league hand. Sorry, that 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 yeah. the reason why I had crossed his yep. name out. Uh, Matt Beatty. No. Okay. I see. Okay. Um, so the one who already had debuted for the Dodgers in 2012 and then played 30 games in 2013, Elian Herrera. Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, recent acquisition in 2016 in the off season, uh, Rob Segadin. He would make his major league. Yeah, that that's a name that should have come back as like a cane of spring name for sure. But then and then the one that that has a little more staying power who made his uh, debut in April 2017, Cody Bellinger, uh, 30 games in 2017. Wow, I would not for some reason I would not have like I always feel like it's those quadruple a players that end up getting the 30 games Le- lesser so the like a lot of t- like, but, i guess in my mind the prospects a lot of times like get a day off or something but also it was like for him uh they had both the okay first base and outfield so he could you know like That's, they were he mm-hmm. would he was like backing up every day that he wasn't like starting you know what i mean mm. like so that's that's how like James Outman has, has well also Bellinger was out you know for the majority of spring so like they didn't even have a center fielder like for the most part so Peters and Outman have played a lot in center even starting some games so like that that's how they've sort of racked up the the playing time this year um so some of the other notables uh Kike Hernandez in his first spring with the Dodgers 29 games same thing played all over Trace Thompson in 2016 played 29 games um, Austin Barnes played 28 games in 2016. <laughs> That's, yeah. Catchers aren't supposed to. Was he? How many games were at catcher versus? Uh, did he play any second? No, I have to look. At, the game logs are very difficult to look up. Sure, he may have played some, but like I think also, uh, he was like backing up a lot then because you know they. Sure, he it still seems weird was, to me it, that they would get a it catch. was Grandall and Ellis. So like you know he's he's like backing up almost every day and like pro and plus playing some you know second base too uh, but yeah that's hard to look up the a couple other names who didn't uh i believe these were either like top two or three on the depth chart uh games they didn't necessarily lead uh although i think mac mike baxter actually led in 2014 with 23 games that was the australia year the other <laughs> Uh, 2019, Ezekiel Carrera came up, uh, 22 games. Okay. Tyler Holt in 2017 played 24 games. These are like the, oh, the, these guys were Dodgers? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'd rather know. 2013, uh, Alfredo Amezaga played 24 games. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the immortal Okoye Dixon in 2017 played 25 games. Oh, yeah. uh, I, have, I have another games person uh, we'll get to a little bit later in the show. All right. Um. So you brought up, um, rightfully so, uh, Justin Turner. Uh, Kept in a trying to go to that well. <laughs> so uh, this, I actually wrote something before, mostly because I was looking up. I don't even remember what I was looking up, but I just stumbled across like his um, spring stats page. And I was like, good God, like some of these numbers are outlandish. <laughs> and, and so I looked, I, I wrote about it. I think I the, the, I titled the article Justin Turner, King of Spring, and um, he's actually relatively something this year. He has a 784 OPS uh, so far. You know, it's early, whatever. He he did hit a triple, though, the other day. That was his first ever spring training triple. Um, His his lowest OPS in the spring with the Dodgers is 970. (laughs) That that, that was in 2018 when he got hit by a pitch and, and cut short his spring, and then he ended up missing, like, the first 40 games, broke his wrist. Um, 
he hit. <laughs> okay, so he, this is his eighth spring. In his first seven springs, he hit under 389 once. <laughs> uh, um, his overall numbers in spring: uh, 349 plate appearances. He's hitting 412 with a 491 on base and 701 <laughs> slugging. So like that, like that's what I was like looking at. Like really, holy crap! But he's hit he. He's hit 400 five of the seven years, and then 500 once. He was 15 for 30. Um, okay, so uh, I want to run through a couple of the, the 500 hitters here. This yep. is since two, since 2013. I want to um, – let's see. Yeah. All right, I'm going to leave off a couple because it's going to get to some questions for you. Um so the, the the ones at the top, I, I I set a minimum of five at bats for these, but like so the these are the highest four batting averages. I would not expect me to get this. I would not expect anyone to get this. I'm not asking. I'm just going to tell you. Okay, um, I appreciate that. Nate, Nate Sampson in 2015 was four for five in spring training. <laughs> <laughs> he hit 800. And I actually forgot I was I didn't write this down in, in my notes, but I'm looking up. So right many now of these I, names sound like made up video game, like create a player. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. You're playing the uh, 2040 he, season, and they're just reusing hashes of names. He he was an infielder, okay. um, and came in like a possibly a minor league trade, possibly a minor league free agent. Uh, shortstop, second, third base. That's that's where he played. Um, C.J. Rutherford, uh, former Dodgers draft pick, uh, was 5 for 8 in 2013. His main position was third base, if I remember correctly. Same for Paul Henneke in 2015 was 3 for 5. Uh, also in 2016, Devin Ahart, an infielder. No, he was an outfielder, I believe. Uh, 3 for 5, hit 600. Um, I'm, I just want to make sure. So I don't, I don't want to. Yep, he was a center fielder uh 16th round in 2014 um all right and then uh i guess another notable uh caber ruiz in 2018 uh was 7 for 12 he hit 583 um sean zaraga another catcher in 2016 you may remember him as the um uh one day of service time in the majors uh but never played in the game um in 2016, so when AJ Ellis was traded for Carlos Ruiz, the Dodgers had a game while they were waiting for Chooch to get to LA. They needed an extra catcher, so they called up Sean Zaraga, and then they designated him for assignment the next day when Ruiz got there. Zaraga did not play, but he got his day of major league service time. He was like celebrating in the dugout. That was very cool, but like he never actually played in the majors. But uh, in 2016 spring, he was 11 for 20. Uh, so he hit 550. Uh, Jacob Scavuzzo, uh, an outfielder, uh, was 4 for 8 in 2016. Andre Ethier in his last year, 2017, uh, also injured most of spring, but he was 6 for 12. Um, but here, here, here's some of Justin Turner's batting averages. Uh, 2016, 500, 15 for 30. 2020, last year, 9 for 19, 474. Uh, 2000, or no, I'm sorry, that's 2020. 2019, 21 for 46. That's a lot. 457, <laughs> uh, 21 for 49 in 2015, 429, and then 23 for 55, 418. So those last three years I mentioned, those are three of the five highest hit totals uh, for in the last eight years for the Dodgers in the spring. Do you want to um, wait? Is this the part where I? Oh no! I I'll tell you in a, we we all. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the top one because we're going to talk about him in a second. But can you name the other person in that top five list? Uh, Puig. We've are no Puig oh, is the sorry. one we'll talk about in a second. Okay, well, we sorry. Ta- we've <laughs> talked about this person already. Oh, man, I, uh, uh. Uh, we talked about a lot of players already. Um, yep. Uh, 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 Segedin? 
No, Jock yeah. Peterson, 2015. I was going to go to that. Well, <laughs> 22 hits. Um, I'm looking so, at okay. I'm looking at the ne- the not the next career because but one after, by the way, which is going to be really similar. I'm going to name Dodger players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no oh, yeah, rhyme or reason on who to guess. I, I I will tell you this: you're not going to get this next question. <laughs> oh, good. So, but um, so Yasiel Puig, <laughs> who you brought up, he he. So Turner had 23 hits in 2017. That was his most in a spring. Yasiel Puig in 2013 had 30 hits. Like, nobody else is even close to that in the last eight years. Um, so, that was the year. So, Puig was 30 for 58. That was his first spring. He hit 517. That was the year where I, I we brought this up so many times, but uh, someone asked Don Mattingly, like, how can you send a guy like that down? And he's like, well, I usually I just tell him. And then he ended up starting the year in the minors. Then he set the world on fire in June when he came up. But um, that's that spring, the Dodgers also had another player hit 517. Now, Puig was 30 for 58. Uh, this person was 15 for 29. Do you know them? No. So it's it's actually Brian Barden. Yo, okay. It's Go B-A- <laughs> B-A-R-D-N. So... The reason, so in my head, I was like, that's like a sort of familiar name, but I was thinking it was Brian Barton, who I I believe like had, did he have like a a physics degree or something? He's from LA um, uh, and an outfielder. Brian Barton, this player, is a third baseman um, who was a non-roster invitee, and he was 15 for 29. He did not make the team. Um, but yeah, so like that, that was like, that was a, a very weird spring. I um, really hope Craig's trivia question for you is hard. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being lambasted here. So my actual trivia question for you is this, um, since 2013, which Dodger has scored the most runs in a single spring? I will guess some name after this. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Since 2013, which Dodger has scored the most runs in a single spring? Is it our Dodgers rewind? No. Ah, I was hoping you would give me, you know, give me that. And is it a name no. we've talked? We already talked about this player. Yeah, th- th- this should be something you should get, actually. No, don't tell me that. Um, yeah. Well, since we s- talked a gazillion about him, I will lead with Justin Turner. So he's close. Uh, Turner was one one behind. No, fifteen. He, he scored fifteen runs in two thousand nineteen. Um, is it Jock Peterson? He scored fourteen runs in two thousand fifteen. Uh, I'm gonna guess one more name that we've talked about already, and then I'm tapping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kike Hernandez. No, you think of the guy who got thirty hits. Uh, and it's Yasiel Puig. Uh, he's, he, <laughs> There's he these scored... four names I keep bringing up, and and like I keep screwing he, up, not bringing up the right. Name. He he scored 16 uh, runs in 2013. I'll, um, I'll, did you purposely? Because on our show notes, uh, the Puig segment is right next to trivia question. Did you purposely do that so I wouldn't guess Puig? Because if so success uh, I, I, I i'm like I, no way not, he did that no way he did that I, I actually purposely did it because it it flowed better i was like why don't i just ask a plea question right after this like <laughs> thanks um, friend. but um the other so chase chase utley was close he scored 15 runs in 2017 mm. so but okay so that that's our uh um 
That, that was my Jacob says question. Dodger players segment. <laughs> yeah. Now speaking of like spring stats, the, the one name I didn't bring up in this, the players who have played massive amounts of spring games uh, was Alex Castellanos. Uh-huh. Uh, he was our Dodgers rewind today. He played 29 games in 2013 spring training. Um, the Dodgers uh, acquired uh, Castellanos, uh, sort of a utility man, uh, from the Cardinals in 2011 for Rafael Fercal. Dodgers were bad uh, in 2011. They um, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, they start they ended the year strong, but they were under 500 for a good chunk of it. Um, and then he ended up making his major league debut um, on. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So on May 31st, 2012, he was hit by a pitch in his uh, only in his first major league plate appearance. I'm going to get to that a little bit. Um, so uh, on the last day of 2012, he hit his first major league home run against Gene Machi of the Giants. I remember this because uh, at the end of the game, um, Castellanos got the ball back um, because the fan who caught it, like, they brought him down to the, like the clubhouse and they traded an autograph bat for the ball. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Castellanos uh, played the, the games in spring training in 2013. He played overall uh, 24 games for the Dodgers in 2012 and 13 total. He started eight times for each in right field and left field. He did not hit well at all. Um, 171, 186, 390. That's a 56 OPS plus. In 43 plate appearances, um, he also, um, I was, there's, I was almost going to ask you this, but there's no way you would have ever gotten it. And, and so it was, it was like even more cruel for me, like to not, to not do this. Um, but Castellanos never walked, uh, as a Dodger. So in 43 <laughs> plate appearances, I was going to ask you who has the most by a, by a non pitcher, um, uh, played appearances without a walk. So, but I'll just tell you the two, the two people that uh, that have the most are ninety four played appearances without a walk. Uh, Overton Tremper, <laughs> uh, who, who is a left fielder, huh. uh, and and Joe Dunn, who is a catcher. Catch, uh, Joe Dunn, nineteen oh eight, nineteen oh nine. Overton Tremper, as you might imagine, also a long time ago. 1927 and 1928. The uh, a notable recent name, Sandy Alomar, uh, okay. jun- Jr., uh, 62 plate appearances uh, in 2006, and he did not walk. Um, so, yeah, Cassianos is in that group. And then um, after, in October 2013, the Dodgers traded uh, Cassianos to Boston for Jeremy Hazelbaker, an outfielder who was not on the 40-man roster. And then Cassianos actually never... Never played in the majors again. He did play four more years in AAA. In 2018, he played an indie ball. But yeah, um, back to Castellanos' debut. He was um, hit by a pitch in his major league, uh, his first major league plate appearance. Now, I, I can't say for certain this is a full list of players who were hit by a pitch in their first plate appearance with the Dodgers, but... Um, it's people who were hit by a pitch in their first major league game uh, with the Dodgers. Okay. So, like, you know, like some some player, like, let's say, like, this always came up, um, what was it, before Caber Ruiz, um, Gary Ingram was the last Dodger to homer in his, his first major league at bat. But, like, his first major league game was, like, I think pinch running, and he never batted. So, like, if you do a search just for that, it, he, he would never come up. So, but this, I'm just saying, this search is, um, there. there's at least six other Dodgers who have been hit by a pitch in their first Major League plate appearances. How many can you name? I know. What is this ridiculous question? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you some hints. Uh, uh, I'll say, okay, uh, one of the players is a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um... One of the players you've attended games that he's started. Okay. Uh, one of the players was a Dodgers Rewind last week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can't remember a week ago. Yeah. Uh, so that's three. You got heads for the other ones, but you're just... No, nope. uh, I, 
one of the players has a memorable line in Moneyball. Um, okay. Uh, uh, so let's let's go. Let's start Hall of Famer while I put this together. Duke Snyder. No. Uh, teammate of his though. Uh, he has many Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, Jackie. Nope. That would probably have been more of a story, huh? Um. Uh, Pee Wee Reese. Uh, no. <laughs> Jim out of Wait, not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's a retired name. number. Uh, yeah. what? <laughs> uh, uh, Don Drysdale. No. <laughs> Sandy Koufax. God. No. Zach no. Wheat. I know it's not Zach Wheat. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 this is good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, this, camp- I will tell you. Yep. 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 Go, you got it. Campy. Roy Campanella. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was about to give you a hint, another hint for him, but yeah. No. Um, do, do you do you know any of the other ones that I hinted you? No. Just tell me. I'm embarrassed. Okay. I'm gonna go home. La- yeah, I am last home. year, last last week's um, Dodgers rewind was Norm Sherry, who passed away recently. Uh, catcher. 1959, uh, he was hit by a pitch in his first uh, plate appearance. The uh, the money ball line was Ron Washington. Um, he uh, was hit by a pitch in 1977 with the Dodgers. Um, do you remember the, his line in Moneyball? I don't, actually. The, he's the one, he was the coach, uh, and it's prob- it might be apocryphal, but like um, when they were trying to... Uh, get Scott Hatterberg to play first base to get his bat into the lineup, and they asked him about like um, like how uh, how difficult it was to like play first base. And uh, Billy Bean goes, "Tell him Wash," and he goes, "It's incredibly hard about uh, about playing first base." I don't. Know. It, it, you had to be there anyway. Um, so wasn't wasn't Dodgers rewind last week? Steve Yeager, my... was it? Yeah. You... Oh, well, two, maybe okay then. Two weeks ago. Look, I'm just, like ha- I said, I'm we, just happy. We, I, I I can't remember last week. I wasn't joking, so I'm just happy. We have I, two, I cheated. We have, I looked it up. We no concept of time. Two weeks ago uh, was Stan Williams. By the way, that's who I actually thought was last week. For what it's worth. Wait, why did I? <laughs> so we haven't talked about Norm Sher- R.I.P. Norm Sherry. Then. <laughs> God damn it! All right. You have this uh, made-up episode of the podcast. Yeah, that's right. It's the last episode. Yeah, we recorded it. No. Um, <laughs> okay, that's funny. Uh, the the other uh, more recent one, uh, Chad Billingsley, uh, two thousand six. Uh, uh, he got hit by a pitch in his first at bat or first plate appearance, and then singled later. Uh, he drove in two runs. Uh, I believe it was a like a teardrop single in right. Um, that was in San Diego. Um, so the, the reason I said at least six, um, Hal Gregg, 1943, also Andy High, who I believe was on our major league team, uh, the one war guys, um, Mm -hmm. uh, 1922. Now there's three other people that come up on this search who were hit by a pitch in their first game, but they, they played before... Baseball Reference has full game log data, um, so I don't know if it was actually their first plate appearance. Um, Ed McLean, Doc Riesling, which, come on, great name, and then Pat, Pat Diesel. Wow, um, those those guys played uh, in the first decade of the 20th century. Uh, so yeah, possibly they were hit by a pitch in their first plate appearance, but possibly not. But at the very least, hit by a pitch in their first major league game. So that that was my uh, very weird. That concludes my very weird and somewhat cruel trivia for you in this episode. All right. Hey, that is that. Uh, there's a trivia question coming up for you in this next six minutes. So are you ready for it? I I have not looked at these. I I copied the questions into the thing, but I did not read them. So like I I was I was purposely not paying attention so I could be surprised. I really hope you get just embarrassed, which you won't because you're really smart. But it's time for with Jeans and Craig. We love them. All right, for your trivia question, 
Craig wants to know um, that he meant uh, that I've mentioned that I'm a fan of 60s music, and he was wondering if I there's a specific genre: British Invasion, Motown, Surfer Folk. Uh, no, uh, I, I guess pop, like 60s pop, which has more. You know, there's girl pop, a lot of Motown girl pop wall sound stuff, but really all of it. Whatever KRF played when it was a good station. Darn it. it maybe it's a fine station now, but not any, not, it's not my KRF anymore. Um, I, I like them now, KRF now, because they play 80s a lot. So it's, that's like my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. Like, to, and um, he wants to meet me the name five songs that I could play over and over without skipping. There's so many I could list. Uh, that's one reason I love it is it's of genre or decades. Like if you're either, you know, if I'm a rental car with satellite radio, or if I'm just on Apple music looking for a playlist, 1960s is kind of the like nonstop hits. I like, I almost never have to skip anything. Um, so I really quickly wrote, I started writing five things down and then it became eight, but real quick, um, uh, Frankie Valley and the four seasons, my favorite uh, band until I was 13 or 14. Uh, uh, it's too many hits to name, but I guess I'll have to pick one. So we'll say, let's hang on to what we got. Um, uh, be my baby by the Ronettes. Um, a, a sort of obscure one hit wonder, but recently got resurrected by one of the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks. I think the most recent one, uh, Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay and the Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, picking a Roy Orbison song is too hard, but I will say Crying. And then uh, how about uh, The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. Also, uh, if you're a fan of 1960s music and you have, you have not heard the somewhat obscure but recently-ish resurrected album, Begin by The Millennium, which came out, I think, in 1969. It's uh, really, really, really good, and you should listen to it. All right, now it's time. Back to trivia. Mookie Betts has scored 660 runs since he debuted in 2014. That is third in baseball since that time. Betts led the tw- led the AL twice in runs scored. Here are the questions for Eric. Betts could be the third LA Dodger to lead the National League in runs. Can Eric name the other two? We'll start there. Um. Okay. Matt Kemp in 2011. Pulling um, up Here's a hint. And, I've seen this player live. All right. And Maury Wills in 1962. I just said I've seen this player live. <laughs> oh, oh, for the other one. I, I, I thought you were... I, I thought that was camp for you. No, <laughs> so, no. Uh, the other player I've seen live. Oh, okay. Hmm. Is... Oh, man. NL and run scored. Is it Bellinger? Nope. Sean Green? Sheffield? Nope. Uh, for call? Nope. Man, this feels so I, good. I, I, this feels yeah, so I, good. I, I, uh, I'm stumped on this one. Um, I, my hint was purposely somewhat mean. It's Brett Butler, who I did see live, but I was seven or something. So wait, uh, 1991. Yep, is that his year? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. A Brooklyn Dodger led the league in runs scored three state. <laughs> three straight years can you name a player hint it's not zach wheat <laughs> um but before i a- try to answer that yeah. uh i will just say brett butler 1991 my platonic ideal for a leadoff hitter sure like just <laughs> and e- even though i i think that was the year he he was caught 28 times while stealing 38 bases but whatever like who cares <laughs> like all the other stuff was great um Okay, so Brooklyn Dodger leading the league in runs scored. Um, oh. I have a hint if you need it. This is a no. good hint, I actually think. So I'm just going to go with my gut on this one and say Jackie Robinson. Nope. Your hint is he did not start his career with a hit by pitch, which isn't <laughs> a hint. But I, I, I was – okay, so my other guess was going to be Duke Snyder. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, four LA Dodgers have scored 120 more runs in a season. Maybe Betts can join this group. Can you name them? Uh, his hint is uh, none of them led the league in runs that season. 
Okay, so I believe Raphael Fercal was one. Not on my list. He's not on your list. I'll uh, figure okay. out his career as a Dodger run total okay, for but, you now. Okay, uh, but Bellinger, pretty sure Bellinger did, 2019. Yep. Uh, I will say Maury Wills in 1962. Uh, don't have the year, but Maury Wills is one of them, yes. Um, You've guessed one of these players already for a different question. What? Uh, okay. So Raphael Fercal did have more than 120 runs, but it was as a Brave. His most oh. as a Dodger was 113. Oh, okay. So then that way, uh, so Sean Green. Yep. Um, man. The other 120. Um, a hint for the last name. He's never been in my kitchen. Huh. <laughs> um, Nor have I seen him play. Is it? Is it Tommy Davis? It is. Nice. All right. Good. You did. You did pretty good. I got. But I still got a little my revenge, so I'm okay. No. That, yeah. That, it was. It was a solid mix of embarrassment slash. Also, uh, names you could prowess. guess. Hit by pitch. Yeah. Counting down to opening day. Pick <laughs> the winners of the AL and NL East and name any teams that you could. Uh, that you. Uh, any teams that you pick to win a wild card spot from those divisions. Okay. So as it stands. Um, there's no, there's only what two wild cards. So, yeah. um, like again, but it's, it seems like that's going to happen. But like, but yeah. So for for our purposes, uh, I, I think anything counts. Like, so if if we say a team's going to win the wild card and then they expand the playoffs, I think we get credit for it because then why not? Sure. But like, but we're just knowing that we're in a situation in a world right now. With only two wildcard spots in each league. Um, I think in the AL East, I think the Yankees win it, and I think the Rays win a wildcard spot. Okay. I think the Yankees win it, and that's it. Okay. Uh, do you have an NL East pick? Braves. And, and I will say the, the Mets make a wild card. Mets. Okay. I also think I also think the Braves are going to win. What a good team! <laughs> as, yeah, we, as we all um, found out in the playoffs last year. Yep. Um, I also think the Mets are going to win the. Well, that's I don't want to be the same. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's say. No, I I just rather be right. We'll both we'll both celebrate being right at the end. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Last week you both gave some of your favorite spring training memories. I'd like you each to name your favorite non-Camelback spring training ballpark, and uh, it would be great if you had your reason had nothing to do with the game you saw there. Well. When it comes to picking ballparks, it has nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> Food, uh, that's not fair. Sight lines are important. You need a comfort level while you're in the same. But a lot of it is food when I pick a ballpark. Um, do, you, do, you have, do you have a favorite? I think I, think I have one. It's so kind of stock I'm, at this point, I think. But Yeah, I, so, there's a, so I'll, I'll say my favorite spring ballpark even including camelback ranch yeah. is salt river field yep that's what um, i was gonna say but like but I'll, but in a weird way so the weird part of it is that it's just wonderful like the sight lines the the view the, the video the yeah the food is awesome and then but the video board is hilarious and i remember when i first um i took a shot of it uh of the scoreboard from like afar I remember the the video board is like crystal clear, but also like when I took a shot of it, there they were just showing pictures of sausage on there, and like <laughs> it looks so appetizing, and like so it like I always associate it with that. But so, but my other answer is uh, from a personal memory uh, is Peoria, because um, at the so 2012 was the first year I started like doing this full time i quit my day job i put all of my stuff i was living in the, in the high desert i put like all of my stuff in my apartment in a storage facility uh i i 
packed my car with like a bunch of stuff. I rented a room that I found on Craigslist for $700 for the six weeks. Um, and just sight unseen, just not wise. You don't, you just don't really do that. But anyway, um, I just like packed everything up and went, I did all spring. Um, I was applying for like daily credentials at the time. And then near the end of spring, it was like, okay, the season credentials are going to come up. Um, and I didn't, I had no idea if I would even get approved for that at the, and so like I applied and then I was thinking I would have to do like daily credentials, which is a little bit more of a hassle in terms of like logistically sometimes, but, uh, it was near the end of spring training in 2012. I it might have been on my birthday or possibly a few days before. Um, but I was sitting in the Peoria press box and Joe Jarek, uh, one of the Dodgers PR people, came up to me and said I was approved for the season credential. So I literally almost cried sure. uh, in that press box. So yeah, like that was a very cool moment uh, in the in the Peoria press box. Uh, so yeah, that, that's... I think uh, I have some good memories. Here. Just real quick, I actually really like Camelback, and I think that's un- oh, yeah. unbiased because I have no nostalgia for the place, except for what it is infamous for is <laughs> I hope you like staring in the sun. Night game. I think it's a great place for a night game, mm-hmm. but I hate staring in the sun, Frank McCourt. Well, the, the, so you're that's exactly right, but I, I would say so your assessment of Camelback is like you like Camelback, no shade. Is what you're saying, because they they literally have like almost no shade in yeah. that ballpark. So a couple of things they they screwed up. Um, I think everything would have been like almost perfect, like logistically for everything had they just turned the ballpark yep. around. Because as it stands, so the the clubhouse is now so the White Sox are in beyond right field, and the Dodgers are beyond left field, and that's where the bullpens are. And then that's how those teams get into the stadium on, on the backside. Had they just flipped it around, all the like the press box would have been out there. The the same thing they could have you know uh, accessed the dugouts from there, like from the like clubhouse almost directly. Um, also, the stadium would not have been facing the sun, like you know, or like or just the the sight lines the. Everything would have been like almost fixed, but I I think it was like I think when they originally built it, it was like they liked one of the views or something like at a certain time, and then like they didn't think of like ever adding like more shade, so <laughs> just t- just terrible. Last, but, but but a great great facility. I do like. Yeah, it. I think that's good. the park has its issues, like you said, but the facility itself is great. Mm-hmm. I look for old pictures for a work event and seen one from junior high, a.k.a. middle school. Reminds me of those monster sweet rolls they used to sell huh. during the morning break. This week's question. Was there any food item you thought was really good when you went to grammar, middle, or high school? Uh, so I most, we, <laughs> we talked about this last week where my standard right. high school lunch was a bunch of crap. Uh, shock tarts and Doritos. Um <laughs> But, uh, but I do recall there were these sort of personal pizzas. This was in elementary school that you could mm. buy from the cart. And they were ju- they were same. They were different than Celeste pizzas, but that same idea where they were really bad, but really, really good. Yep. Um, and they were just expensive enough to where I didn't have enough like pocket change to buy one every day. So it, it always carried a sort of specialness. It's like, ah, oh, this is one of the, this is a pizza day that I can get. So the the one thing that stands out to me for this is probably in high school. And it was like, I want to say freshman and maybe sophomore year. And then they didn't do it after that. But we had like, um, it was right near the gymnasium uh, where there was like a little room where they sold snacks like during one of the breaks. And they had all sorts of stuff there. But like they had like fresh like... Um, like sugar cookies with like a glaze on it. And I want to say it was a dollar 25, but it was a absolutely wonderful cookie. And the lady who worked that, that stand was like the sweetest lady ever. Um, and 
it was hilarious because no matter what your total came to that you bought, she would always say dollar bill at the end. So it'd be like, say you buy a cookie, right? And she'd say, that'll be a dollar twenty-five dollar bill today. And then it was just like the <laughs> the funniest thing. We used to like laugh at that so hard. But like, um, love those cookies. The other thing I would say in elementary school, I had this weird love of uh, when it was beef chalupa day. But like they called it a chalupa. It's not like uh, what you would think of like a fast food chalupa now. But it was more like a tortilla boat um and like harder like a harder tortilla and just filled with like ground beef or whatever i absolutely loved that cafeteria terrible beef chalupa it was so good and like uh, i don't know why but like that i i just really enjoyed that um that always stands out to me for some reason well that one's in the can we're all done I'm going to go and find a beef chalupa somewhere <laughs> and, and eat it and like reminisce about elementary school. But yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll see uh, where, man, like until I said it earlier, I, I didn't, it didn't really hit me that we're only like two weeks from opening day. Yeah. So <laughs> good Lord. Uh, so next week uh, we, we may or may not have a special guest. Don't want to jinx it yet. Um but uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll be even closer to opening day. Uh, enjoy watching some baseball, folks. See you later.